Hey everybody, welcome to the Climbing Sycamores podcast, uh, where we look at today's topics to get a better view of Christianity. I'm Annie Beagie, and I'm joined by my friends Ben Sadler and Matt Harbach. Okay, hey, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us. Well, we had a kind of a fun week. We all decided to go see the Batman. The, the Batman. Batman. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably begin with the disclaimer, though, because we're going to talk about the movie and its philosophy, theology, themes, all that kind of stuff, oh, yeah. but lots major of major spoilers. Spoiler so if you want to see the movie first and then listen to the podcast, turn it off right now because we're going to get into the whole plot. So exciting. So first of all, Annie and Matt, what do you guys think of the movie? And I have a couple different articles on that I wouldn't mind referencing later on, but let's get your first take. You go first. Oh, dang. I was going to say you go first. <laughs> I liked it. Um, I was a little concerned about Robert Pattinson because um, I can't release you the- You were. I was because I, I, you know, I'm still stuck with this Twilight thing that I, I didn't read the books. I didn't see the movies. He um, was just finding his true bat self. Is that what it was? <laughs> yes. Well, also in this movie, they had, they had limited- he, he didn't speak a whole lot, you know, mm-hmm, so maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's why they were like, this is the role for you, Robert. <laughs> no, no, he is actually good, though. He, he is. He I is actually so. good. Um, I liked, I don't just overall, I, I liked it. I liked, I liked the darkness mm-hmm. of it. Um, I liked that in the, op- like one of the, the opening, not opening, but one of the beginning um, scenes when uh, there was a on the subway mm-hmm. and this kind of gang of clowns or mm-hmm. whatever was um, harassing this man and Batman comes to the rescue and, and the victim, he looks at Batman and he goes, don't hurt me. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of vilifying him yeah. like immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not this, this hero that he, that he kind of was. So I don't know. Those are my kind of just, my, that was my first, uh, thought about it what do you think matt um so i was uh, i was totally on board with uh uh it almost it almost felt like it switched genres partway through to me or it, it seemed like it was almost two different movies um but at the beginning it was it was like a quasi cyberpunk neo-noir take on batman i was totally there oh my. for it layman's terms <laughs> um the 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 grit i liked the riddler was like the perfect villain for that um so oh yeah neon- not the cutesy riddlers of past you know yeah. like no jim yeah. carrey in this yeah, one right. yeah no the um so 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 film noir like is like the old like detective hard hard-boiled yeah. detective right neo-noir is just like a modern take on that so um it, it thrives on um obscurity and distortion so movie takes place mostly at night there's a lot of heavy use of shadows rain rain <laughs> there's or like the water coming on the window right so it's kind of blurry you know that sort of thing it's going to use a lot of those um uh and, and yeah heavy contrast heavy contrast light and dark um um so, so so that that i was totally on board for um i liked what they did with the different pairs of glasses mm. um the the and i i don't know i'll i'll just go on a tangent is that okay go for yeah, it yeah, yeah. it's gonna all string we got together. time <laughs> right so the the um 
Carmine, the 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 evil, the crime boss, wears shades, dark and shady glasses, and his his voice is like kind of crusty, you know. And he he walks very slowly. He sort of looks feeble, um, and and he's a liar. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 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 Riddler is is sort of seeking truth, and his glasses are clear frames mm-hmm. with clear lenses, and he has a he has like a round, smooth, boyish face, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's um, he's seeking truth, and and he's 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 innocence lost. He's like the 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 lost youth kind of mm-hmm. the um, and he he references his childhood trauma and everything mm-hmm. to back that up. Um, and and that's kind of why he's so scary because he's he's a baby, he's he's the child we forgot about, and now he's throwing a tantrum, but um. That's a huge theme is um, children in the movie. Orphans, yeah. And um, and then and he's always talking about right uncover like the carpet at the end, uncovering the truth, mm-hmm. um, unmasking the truth, mm-hmm. and um, and then it's like uh, I thought was in before before I, he, you get very far in the movie is you see him and he's wearing a mask, but you he's still wearing the glasses over the mask and you can see his eyes, mm-hmm. not. Not Carmine. Carmine, you cannot really even see his eyes till he's brought under the light at the very end, right before he dies. Mm-hmm. Sort of shows his true colors kind of idea. But the Riddler is wearing a mask. He's also... So, I mean, part of me is like, you know, realistically, Batman has all this technology. How does he not have like retina scan? Like, how can he not figure out who this guy is? In all these videos, you can just see his eyes right through his mask, right? They're so clear. Um, and I, I have to assume that that's intentional, right? He has clear, wide eyes because he is is looking for the truth and transparency. And, of course, the twist is he's also wearing a mask uh, because he's a psycho killer. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's terrifying, you yeah. know. Um, uh, and then and then it begs the question of Batman uh, innately. Uh, who are you? Mm-hmm. Right. Who who are you? Um, and he's he's got the dark eye makeup. He's got the the contact lenses that change his eyes. Mm-hmm. He's got the mask. He's got the whole suit, right? Who are you? Why is the, and the Riddler, you know, is that fun back and forth. And I, I uh, appreciated that. it That part wasn't too heavy handed to me. Other parts were. Um, uh, so, okay. So let's see what, what, what struck me next. I think, so my 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 biggest problem with the movie was it's three hours long, mm-hmm. and that's because they're taking the Batman canon and they're trying to put a twist on it, and the twist doesn't quite fit with the Batman canon, so you have to justify it in all kinds of ways. Um, Batman goes through s- something of a character change. Mm-hmm. It's it's so. I don't want to say it's subtle because at the end, at the end, he really, to me, he really flipped. Um, he really flipped. And, and their problem was that they run into is, uh, right? So for people who don't know, um, typically right at the middle of a movie, right around the center point or a little after, there's always like a turning point of some kind or kind of like a raising the stakes or like, uh-oh, things just got kicked into next gear kind of thing. And so in this movie, um, Batman discovers that... Uh, his past is shady. Any, why are you laughing at me? I'm just making faces at him to try to uh, get him off, off, off yeah. character. Sorry, keep, yeah. keep going. So, 
so it, so in this movie it's um uh batman discovers that his uh his his uh family is not who he thought they were mm-hmm. um and um so that's that's another really common theme in movies is is, is the father of the hero mm-hmm. um oh do you need something? i just want to write something down while you're, while you're oh saying, yeah, sure. yeah. So that that's a really common theme in in movies is the the who is the hero's father, mm-hmm. the the father figure is is a guide of sorts or a mentor of sorts, but specifically um, from whom the the hero derives sort of a moral compass. And so um, in this movie, there's there's sort of like three, and and you have the the Bruce's his perceived sort of ideal father is is also his literal father and it works because the literal father is dead mm-hmm. um, and so he said he's, he's taking his his he's taking his moral his moral compass his moral wherewithal from his dead father who he perceives as his hero mm-hmm. right and so he says my father tried to help the city he was always doing good so I'm gonna do good okay well now his father is dead and then he has that moment which could have been powerful it could have been powerful when he when he learns that his father was um crooked or, or mm. thinks maybe his father was crooked so what does he do well for the next couple of scenes we don't see him as batman he becomes bruce wayne mm-hmm. he is not in the suit anymore and um of course for for our main character, he is in his own head. He's Batman. He's not Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. and we learn that earlier in the movie because he's like, there's a couple of like meetings he has to go to, and he's like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't care. I don't even want to wear the cufflinks. I don't care, right? Um. So now he has to go to his two surrogate fathers, both of whom are bestowed surrogacy by Thomas Wayne, Alfred who's given the cufflinks, right? They have the whole scene. You're not my real dad. Yeah, I'm aware of that. But your father gave me these cufflinks, right? With the Wayne W Mm -hmm. on them. And Carmine, who worked with the father, whom his father saved. Mm -hmm. So So even if he doesn't trust Carmine, right? He still goes and talks to him. So he shows up at Carmine's door and Carmine takes him in. And now, right? He has sort of a Darth Vader moment because he thinks his father was shady he thinks that now carmine is sort of right and carmine is the liar mm-hmm. right he's the liar and he he lies to him and then he sort of offers him this further path of revenge this other guy is responsible for your problems uh, maroni is the other crime boss that's referenced what's the and implied is, is go go kill him go kill him right continue on the path of darkness so to speak and go kill him didn't he even blame didn't carmine even blame uh what's his face Mar- salvatore Moroni, yeah, yeah yeah for the death of yes yeah yes that's yeah yep so manipulating him yep so yep so obviously lying manipulating and it's really dark and shadowy and he's got the dark glasses right um so he's thinking i'm gonna go i'm gonna go kill him and then this i don't know to me this part was botched because the next scene is he goes and talks to alfred who is the surrogate of the true father who's going to tell him the truth and who is everyone loves alfred right he's he's immediately trustworthy he's been the caretaker he's been looking out for bruce's best interest secret keeper yeah yep Mm -hmm. 
and and within the one scene as alfred is like trying to recover bruce comes in and just starts making all these accusations alfred's like clinging to life on a thread and he's like no let me tell you the entirety of your family's history you know so that was i thought that was uh maybe not well done but then anyway so uh, immediately alfred restores his faith and and the the problem with that is is that either batman has to start out as um really really vengeful really dark and um the movie tries to sell us that he is but he's still like he's batman so he can't use guns and he can't kill anyone right because that's part of the batman canon you can't change that they could have gone the other way which is actually criminalize thomas wayne right and that's the luke skywalker thing right where when darth vader says no i am your father why is luke skywalker upset for all his for all luke knows he doesn't even have a father because he didn't grow up with one why does he care if his father was evil well because he thought he was following in the good footsteps of his father only to realize that father as the moral compass is actually evil it's crushing to him he has to ask himself who am i so bruce has to ask himself who am i and then he finds out no actually your father was pretty good so nothing changed hmm. right that was that was my that was my problem with it was that they did they did this thing and then it was it was just this weird like little insert in the middle of the movie where it was like was he bad no he was good all right same guy same guy same batman oh no and i think i think that's there's something to be said for that but. and and to talk about culture i mean i thought they were actually going to go with criminalizing thomas wayne and so now batman has to actually figure out who am i right am i doing this for vengeance because i don't need to avenge a bad guy right um and so then you know as i'm watching i'm like okay so the message there is you have batman and catwoman and and basically everyone in the audience can fall somewhere between those two um, catwoman is uh, a, a woman not white she's of a lower class she is um she's angry she she is both the fatal woman and the fallen woman and one person and she's ready to take action but she's also there for her friend batman is sort of solitary he's he's wealthy male white um and he's also trying to do good but he's going about it in a different way so i mean all of us can fall there right and, and she even says oh it's obvious you grew up with grew up rich right and, um so so within those two those two kind of heroes all of the audience can see ourselves and, and what I assumed they were going to do was to criminalize Thomas Wayne as a way of saying um, the, the, leg, the legacy that our forefathers, right? So for Ben and I, those rich white guys that have gone before us, uh, that's tarnished. That's no good, right? Well, that, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. That's what it is because it's everyone is, is either privileged or, or not, right? Mm -hmm. And you... and, and Obviously, in the movie, it's very dramatic, but right. So it's saying that that um, the institutions and the 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 founding fathers, the foundations, that that's wrong. And what we got from the movie was like it uh, it made a little hiccup, right? It 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 had a moment of weakness, is really what they say. That's what Alfred says. Your father had a moment of weakness, mm -hmm. and so he says, "Okay, I can still believe in this, even though it's not perfect," mm -hmm. which it just makes no impact on the movie whatsoever. Hmm. So it's no, like you I think didn't... that makes a huge impact thematically. 
but it didn't change anything about Batman. No, but I think there's a theme there where we talk about like people who are mostly good, but you know, everybody's kind of got their boiling point. And so quote, good people can do quote, bad things. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. had a moment of weakness or desperation and, and you were put under a circum. Listen, everybody has a certain, I think, set of circumstances. And we pray that people never get to that point where they will act out of character based on the pressures around them. So, and I think that's a Thomas, Thomas Wayne thing. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with showing that he's not perfect. It's the fact that they were using it as a pivot point for Batman, but really he had, he didn't pivot from somewhere to somewhere else. Well, he thought about it. <laughs> no, but and I, I mean, thought about it, right. I guess. I mean, but uh, in, in terms of taking him from point A at the beginning of the movie to point B at the end, it, 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 it um, the movie, the movie um, put a lot of, of weight on that moment. And then it was like, because right after they show the scene of him, what was his name, like Kinsey, Kinsley or what, the one police who who Catwoman wanted to kill, right? And they're oh, on top yeah, of that yeah. tower and she kicks him off or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we, we get that scene again of him saying, no, we're going to do this the right way. We're going to bring him to justice. We're not going to kill him, right? As, as, and, and as sort of a way to justify, he's like, no, I'm sticking to the right thing, right? That's right after that. He says, I'm going to do the right thing. But he he wasn't not like that in the beginning. We just didn't, we didn't, we didn't actually see him. Like if we would have seen him actually murder people in the beginning, it maybe would have worked better and maybe he would have learned from his father. That's too extreme. I think clearly he's having a struggle. Like, and we, he's maybe internalizing it, whatever. I, I mean, I think for me, the turning point was when he's like, really beating on um the like the riddler like minion yeah the goon (laughs) yeah yeah. and you know the guy says he's vengeance Mm -hmm. and that to me was the turning point where batman was like oh yo yeah right i mean that absolutely but that comes way at the end of the movie right but he's struggling up until that point and that's when we kind of see the tone shift in but we don't but I did not see enough of him struggling with what he was doing. I did not see enough of the moral conundrum of am I doing the right thing in in being a caped crusader so to speak. Well, no literally, not so to speak. Like uh, yeah, he was struggling with who he was, but it seemed like it resolved very quickly and he went right back to doing it. And then and and yeah, that, that's there's nothing wrong with that. And then he becomes the the literal beacon of hope leading the people out of the fire. I thought that was a little heavy handed, but, um, but, but, and the, the point is, is that he didn't, it, to me, it didn't feel like he had a journey. It seemed like they, they had an idea for a turning point and it didn't work. And, and to me, that comes down to trying to shoehorn your story and the Batman canon into one thing where you have to, there's fan expectations. If it's a Batman movie, and you can't break those expectations. You can't make Batman a killer. You can't criminalize Bruce Wayne. So you have this weird like halfway thing where there's not enough change. But they've already kind of revoked his, you know, playboy, billionaire, charming uh, persona that we've seen in Batman's past. So he is kind of this reclusive. Um, mm-hmm. str- he is struggling. I mean, he even says things like, you know, uh, there's only so much of the city, you know, there, I can only be so many places like he, you, you hear him struggling for mm-hmm. sure. Maybe not about 
I, I think he's I think there was enough struggle there. But it I yeah, I it wasn't a struggle about the right thing. Is his struggle is that at the end we learn is that he's saying, should I be out there looking for revenge on people doing bad, or should I be looking out helping people who need help? And that that conundrum, like we see we see um, clues that could point him in that direction throughout. Like you know, like uh, um, whoever lives by the sword dies by the sword, right? I mean, that's uh, that's a theme throughout. But I just, I did not feel like he had to struggle with that very much. It seemed like, yeah, he got beat up a few times, but he was, he really was on the moral high ground the whole movie. But I do feel like he had clearly, you know, a lot of times he felt burdened, like he had the weight of all this on his shoulders. Yes. And that was maybe as, uh, if you're, if you're a person seeking vengeance, you might have more of those feelings of being burdened. Like you have to, like instead of of helping people um i know i guess for me the weight of vengeance is heavier than the weight of justice or uh person you know helping people okay so that to me when he's when he's feeling this vengeance type of thing that's heavier a heavier burden than than justice is on a person hmm. no it's more personal. Uh, yeah. It's more personal. It's it's. I would agree with you. I'm just saying that it felt like in all of those three hours of movie, we didn't really see him struggle with: is this vengeance eating me alive? Mm-hmm. Is it forcing me to do things I don't want to do? Mm-hmm. Well, you see, he's not wanting to be social. He's not wanting to be the Bruce Wayne that we know and love. But he right. But he wants that, and so it's not really it's not really weighing on him because that's that's how we meet him. That's how we see him. But that's not how we've always known him to be. So maybe that's starting off the movie by saying this has eaten him over time or or this isn't, you know. But we we never saw him be nice. We never saw him be social and happy. That's well, that's I mean, that's we they're, they're assuming that we know that about him already because we've maybe seen it in past movies and things like that. Or, or is the assumption already there? Does it exist that that, uh, you know, this is the guy that we're used to, well, and maybe now he's plagued with this this burden of vengeance, and and as a result of that, he uh, can't be this charming playboy that he, that we that we that we know that we've seen before. Is there an assumption there that I, I don't something think so. has changed? Okay, and I, I think and, and the the movie is such a standalone right now. I mean, yeah. you, you don't you. I, I, you can't. It would be a bad assumption, I think, to make if the, if they were, you know, making that assumption. Yeah, I I I like what you said that the vengeance weighs heavier on him than the justice. That's for everybody. I just I just wish they would have. I just wish they would have actually shown us that. I wish they would have shown that the vengeance was eating him alive. That it was pulling him into moral conundrums where he was going home and saying, "Wow, this is a dark journey, and I'm fighting bad guys, but am I even doing the right thing here?" And it, it to me, it always seemed like he was on the moral high ground, and the and the bad guys were so bad that we were like, yeah, I mean, he can pretty much do whatever he wants. We would not even be upset if he killed them. That's how bad they are, you know. Which is kind of the rule of anti-heroes. Also, another movie mm-hmm. thing for people don't know: your hero yeah. can be as bad as you want, so long as the villain is worse. <laughs> yeah, there were some interesting quotes. Uh, that they were trying to get that that's interesting that you brought up 
the father figure is not really fitting the storyline, you know, that the, 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 that if it's a journey from is vengeance the way to clean up this city or is hope mm-hmm. and helping and stopping people. And then mm-hmm. the diff- the the difference between, am I more like the Riddler than I want to explain, but then, all right, how does the father and his, the father's story fit into mm-hmm. that question? Right. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. I, yeah, I think it was. I, I appreciate the movie, even though it did maybe have those two different storylines that don't exactly lead you on a clear mm-hmm. story arc. But I think it's a good question for us to ask right now: Does vengeance work? Right, mm-hmm. and be and and whether they kind of muddled it in the middle there with the the storyline of his father and whether his father was good or bad when it came to those motives. That's that is a whole different storyline, right? There, there was like four half storylines in the movie, yeah. and that's why it was three hours. They had to squeeze <laughs> yeah. a lot of things in. But even just sticking with the, that theme of does vengeance work, that is a good question for us to ask right now. And and Commissioner Gordon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. he he said to Batman like, "You're making it sound like he deserved it." You know, there was a there was that there was that scene oh, in yeah, there. Oh yeah, 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 and. And talking to Batman like that, Batman was okay with this this man getting what was and, due him, and, and that that would that was fitting that theme. And they vilified him like yeah. throughout the whole like you know the police were against him you know with the, with the exception of uh, Commissioner Gordon and. But I I didn't think so because most of the police were just evil. No, that's true. And that's the yeah, and that well, again yeah. that's my that's that was my issue was that he was always on the moral high ground. Right, but I I think. I think that's what I appreciate most is maybe that can get our culture talking about does vengeance work or, or, or does that, and, and it could have been an opportunity to even go more deeper into that. Like you said, if you would have struggled with it, like, am I becoming more like the Riddler than I want to admit what makes me actually different than him? If they could have just stuck with that the whole time. But I, I, I think if we, ju- if we just stick to that, that is uh, an interesting thing to talk about and- and- and on top of that, the the Catwoman um, makes sort of that overture of sympathy to the Riddler when she says, like, wait, maybe he's right. Like, this city just supports, like, the rich, white. Mm-hmm. Later on, she says CEO and hedge fund managers, which cracked me up because that's, like, such a modern. No one knows what a hedge fund, hedge fund even is. They're just like, it's those big bankers on Wall Street that are screwing. No, no, no. The buzzwords, yeah. Just, yeah. But, but um, to to the so the i mean the riddler's clearly evil mm-hmm. because because the riddler wants to destroy everything and i mean it's it's interesting how evil he has to be in order for us to hate him right he has to be a total extremist he has to like have someone eaten by rats or whatever yeah. um or he has to sneak into people's house and murder them in cold blood he has to be that evil for for the director to assure himself that yes, ninety nine percent of the audience will hate this guy. Yeah, right. And and Cat's gonna side with this guy or see right. his point. Yeah, <laughs> right. And Catwoman even says like maybe he's right. Like right. Oof. And 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 she's and and that's important because she's uh, justifying a little bit of the anger that maybe some of the audience feels toward I don't know the institution, the rich people, whatever it is. Um, and 
and and they they right they throw that out. she doesn't really do anything about it right she kind of says that at the end too but we don't ever see it which is a really safe way for the movie to act the, the movie doesn't actually like see catwoman start beating up rich white dudes mm-hmm. um but it but it, it 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 throws a bone at least to that that mindset or that uh, that sentiment but but people have that that that's that's, that's legitimate is a lot of people I've, i see that on the internet all the time is that the the institutions and the rich are keeping you down and they need to be eaten. <laughs> yeah. I I I thought what one of the things that, that that is good for us also to think about is like okay, you have similar beginnings, both of them are orphans, both of them lost their parents, both of them are in the situation. What are you going to do with your pain? And that's a good mm-hmm. question to ask too for everyone to ask cuz all right, two people have had similar backgrounds and am I going to use my pain to make other people feel as much pain as I felt? You know, that's kind of the Riddler's way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, ju- I'm gonna get justice by, you know, really doing gruesome ways of killing these people and and really showing the, have, making them feel alone and afraid and in pain, like I felt alone and afraid and pain. And you know, that's kind of the wrestle. If if they would have stuck with that, but they did for a while. You know, that Batman's got to figure out. You know, am I gonna go with vengeance and anger and and is that how I'm gonna, uh, you know, redeem or whatever, deal with my childhood trauma? Um, but he then has that quote at the end that says, you know, I need to become more vengeance is never going to help me or anyone else. I need to offer a hope. And I think that's one of the last lines in the movie, which is supposed to be the story arc right there. But again, he said that earlier, the same thing to Catwoman. Once you cross that line, you can't come back. So he, we already talked about that, but sure. (laughs) And, and, you know, so my point is, what I think the helpful is, is like, could this get us talking about those themes, right? That, that, okay, you, we've been through a lot of different things. Maybe, you know, your child has been affected by, by COVID. You lost a couple of years with that, you know, with a, a bad economy. Uh, you don't see much hope because, you know, there's a lot of institutional corruption and we've seen that. A lot of our heroes have, uh, that we put our trust in, have really screwed things up. But what I appreciate with the storyline is saying, I'm still going to be devoted to my cause, my city. I'm going to stay committed to my city. And so to ask yourself, you know, what am I going to do with all this pain? And uh, even in a very dark world, there, there's an there's a couple different articles I read, too, that I, I thought brought out some interesting point. Um, I, I, I like to read uh, from Mockingbird uh, is a website that the reason it's called Mockingbird is they're finding ways that that culture imitates Christianity or law gospel kind of themes. And in this article, it's it's written by Trevor Elmy. It's called The Wounded Avenger. And uh, Trevor says, uh, similar to how the earlier rain is both judgment and cleansing, you know, that whole idea of rain, um, the flood, so at the end there's that flood scene where the water floods over, the flood contain, contains dual meaning. It is both punishment and salvation. After Batman topples one of the Riddler's fanatics, he hears the brainwashed man say, I am vengeance. Confronted with his own complicity to the Riddler's violence, Batman cuts a spark, sparking wire in a scene that invokes both birthing and sacrificial imagery. Falling into the water below, he reemerges reborn and repentant. The polluting waters have become his baptism. Waiting toward the light, Batman, for the first time in the film, is seeking not to exercise retribution um, on his foes, but an attempt to rescue the innocents. 
extending a hand into the circle of victims, it is telling that his aid goes first not to the newly elected mayor, but to the grieving boy of the recently murdered incumbent, leading the boy out of out to safety and out of the circle. Batman is the healing, or Batman is healing his inner child. So, I thought that brings up you know some of those deep symbols symbols right where he's he is kind of going through a baptism, falling into the waters of the flood, coming out reborn. He's going to not strike fear anymore in people, but now um, give them hope. The bat symbol, it doesn't need to be only the, a symbol of vengeance, but one of hope. And, you know, we could point holes in all the, the storyline the, the, and the directing, but I think, man, those themes are so important. What are you going to do with your trauma? What are you going to do with your, your pain? What are you going to do with vengeance? Is that really the best way forward? And isn't that kind of relating to the the hero victim mentality, you know, kind mm-hmm. of in the in the study that you guys are doing now and mm-hmm. the book Hero on a Mission? I mean, right? That's kind of how that... Great plug, Annie. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to check out our classes. Well, I don't know. I don't even know when this is going to air, but, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, we've talked about that yeah. book on the podcast before yeah. Yeah. and yeah. it's kind of that, you know. And I think we have to ask that, right? Because like, how do you want your story to end? Uh, you want to be, end like the Riddler? It's not going to work out well. But we have this idea that if I... If if I just brood over this, or if I you know get back at as many people as I can and cancel enough people and do all these things to enough people, I'm gonna somehow feel better about myself. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, but I love what Paul says in Romans 12. He says, you know, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Uh, leave room for God's wrath, for it is mine to avenge. But on the contrary, if your enemies hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And uh, so these are biblical themes that are playing out in this movie that that I, we shouldn't ignore and, and should highlight. Plus, I think there's a level of accountability in that too. You know, um, like you could sit and make excuses about your upbringing, your circumstances, your whatever that that would cause you to become a victim mm-hmm. um and and i think something that the movie does well is that uh, they do point out that the riddler and bruce wayne are, are not on an even playing field that right. bruce wayne grew up in a mansion and he had and he has right. alfred who right. is again that 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 father-like figure and so um so that, but so they don't right they don't make it totally even like this person's right. totally good and this person's totally e- evil because they started exactly the same starting point right. but then the then the the point becomes to whom much is given much is expected mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. good that's good yeah. it's true yeah uh, it was interesting too I, I i was reading something by matt reeves the the director and writer and he said you know, are people going to make connections between the January 6th riot and what happens in the in the movie? You know, and he says, you know, we filmed all that, wrote all that before all that. And it was kind of eerie how that was similar. At least that's what he said. Uh, so this whole idea of, of going against institutions or institutions have failed us or institutions are corrupt. And then having the mayor at the end of the movie say we need to rebuild trust in our institutions. Um yeah, I, I thought those are all interesting things that's kind of tapping into how people are feeling right now mm-hmm. that, that so many people we trusted or, or wanted to put our hope in, uh, you know, they're corrupt. And 
do we need to should we does that mean throw away the whole system or does it mean be honest about the corruption and just do what we can you know so i think that also brought out some really good questions that i think people are are asking right now i uh um i don't know i mean they so they i think they intentionally made the new mayor a, a younger woman of color to replace the the old white guy right mm-hmm. um yeah I, I i thought that was maybe a little bit muddled because i mean she was perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like no i'm not going to protect myself i'm going to come and save these people which um is good but then it's what's what's too the, ideal what's the takeaway right yeah mm. too too ideal but mm. but i'm uh, but obviously i'm a part of me is glad, glad they put that in there because i like when directors will just like poke and be a little incendiary with things and that's good <laughs> yeah i i got one of the other things that i wrote down is just um the idea that all heroes have a, a villain side and then all villains you know think they're doing the right thing you know nobody that was something that uh Alexander Solzhenitsyn said uh, about about the Soviet Union. He said, "You know, the first thing you need is an ideology, and if you can if you can tell yourself, I'm actually doing the right thing. You know, no no dictator or you know serial killer thinks they're doing something wrong. They actually think, you know, I'm fixing the world's problems. Mm-hmm. I'm getting rid of the bad people. I'm doing something good. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I I think we also have to like." To, to question our ideologies or are we or are we um, saying or believing what we want to hear so that we can absolve ourselves of mm-hmm. some of the horrible things that we do right instead of no I, I I'm a sinner and I need to be rescued I need Jesus um, I can't I can't change my ideology just to fit some of the these horrible practices I have so I thought that was an interesting point too mm-hmm. and you know I've talked about a lot, a lot of people. You sent me a an article on this or or a picture of this that how dark each new Batman so is funny. getting. Yeah, like you know the first Batman or the nineteen sixty or is like yeah, so bright and cheerful, light blue, oh, baby man. blue, right? And yeah. it's he's still supposed to be this dark character, but then with each each generation, you know, and now you can't even see him. By twenty twenty five, it's a pitch black. Yeah, it is. It is <laughs> just his voice. Yeah, I am vengeance. That's right. Um, and I think that's kind of, you know, that idea of tapping into this idea that times are dark. There's very little hope. You just have to kind of muddle through. And, uh, we, you know, there's no real final bright future. And I think that's where Christians can bring in some hope that we actually believe that there was a real beginning to this world. And there is a real hope for a brighter world when Jesus returns. And he's proven that he's going to do that because he did everything he said he was going to do the first time he came, and he's going to do everything he, he said he's going to do the second time he comes. So I think Christians have a lot to offer a world that resonates with darkness. We we do can bring bring light. I think there's mm-hmm. a good question. So, I mean, I was talking to Annie a little bit about this the other day. Um, about for, for young people, it seems like there's really um, nothing is nothing is sacred anymore. I mean, nothing phases you. It's actually out of style to be surprised by things. Mm-hmm. If you ever notice, like if you try to tell someone an interesting story and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 I've seen something like that. 
you know, and it's like, shut up and just, just be shocked. Like I'm trying to share this cool thing with, you know, um, wait, you're part of the problem. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I absolutely am. Um, but is this a confession? Yes. (laughs) But you need to, you need to get darker and darker to get, um, to get the same reaction from people. Uh, And, but, but, but why is that? Why, why is there a perception of, of the fat, like, like, people like die like that doesn't really affect us anymore like they have to die in grotesque Tragic, horrible yeah. ways in order for us to be like oh yeah it's that's gotta creepy. be remarkable yeah. it's gotta be remarkable you know why is that and, and are times really that much darker now than they were 20 years ago i think you can see everything i mean we are i think desensitized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to um i don't know if our times are any darker i mean you, you read about things that people have experienced i mean yeah, whether it's the Holocaust or whether it's, you know, the the Crusades and just some horrible things that that people have experienced, um, but it wasn't twenty four seven in your pocket, you know. Right. And and I think, um, you know, you look at video games too. You ramp up the 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 level of of mm-hmm. of violence or or whatever kind of shock value in. In, in movie ratings, I mean, now now we allow one F word in PG thirteen movies. Uh, like the the amount of violence is kind of you know, that was like that is that PG thirteen was the Batman PG thirteen yeah, mm-hmm. and there was like no there wasn't any F bombs there wasn't nudity but it was like that was that's a really, been a like, switch right dark menacing movie it used to be more of the 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 sexually explicit things and now it's kind of flipped to uh, violence. I'm not sure to be honest. Like PG thirteen, you, you could. It just seemed like that was that that was okay to have more, um, more language, more swearing, yes. and more sex mm. in the past. Some of these eighties movies, just not as much violence, right? Oh, yeah. PG. Oh. In the eighties, it was PG. That's the difference. But still, I mean, like, yeah, the eighties movies, like you, I watch them again. And like they're not on TBS. Like you watch the actual movie, and you start watching the kids. Like I don't think we can watch this, you know, just because there mm-hmm. is a lot more language. There's a lot more, yeah, sexually explicit things. Yeah, and then the, sorry that the rating system changed. I want to say uh, maybe like in the '90s. The like the ratings changed. Yeah, I feel because, like have we like, touched on this? Yeah, or or not? Like in the podcast, Indiana or? Jones. Those movies were like PG, and now it's like oh, guy face melting off, like yeah. heart sexy. coming out yeah. of the chest. <laughs> Woo! Oh, yeah. Sorry, spoilers for those of you yeah. not uh, who haven't we seen it. We didn't say yet. which one. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I think it is. There's a we're desensitized to violence, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, but why is that? Is that because we don't actually have to face any? Maybe, and and it's all just virtual violence mm-hmm. that we we see on. Because none of us have gone to war in the past couple of generations. Maybe. I. I I do think visually we we can take on way more. And I, I I feel this too, where I think a movie like an Indiana Jones or something like that, I would have felt more pain in my stomach as you, you can kind of almost feel it. And now I could watch that Batman movie and it wasn't mm-hmm. as striking to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, there's, I think there's some desensitization. Yeah. This keeps yeah. getting ramped up. That, that, I don't know. To me, to me, that's kind of the freaky part is that, you know, because again, I go to the movie and it's like this doesn't really bother me. I didn't lose any sleep over it. You know, right. it wasn't like haunting Same. my dreams or anything. But then it's like, okay, well, that's kind of weird. Why is that? 
shouldn't mm-hmm. watching people die be a little scary to you? And granted, it's it it's sort of an sort of an action movie, and and de- death takes on a different role in an action movie than it does in like a drama. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine if you're watching an action movie and it's like we see Batman, or let's just say we say James Bond, he's going through the hallway, he's like shooting all the guards, and it just cuts to like the the dead the dead guards family right the wife grieving like the children like getting that would bullied be, at school like yeah complete right completely right. D- death does not mean the same thing in an action movie as it does in like a drama or right something. right and so it's a different thing and yet and you're yet seeing we, the impact of it as right opposed to yeah and and but but i don't know that to me that that's weird it's it's a little bit scary that as as a culture that we are wanting more we're wanting more of that stuff to give us that rush or that catharsis or whatever it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, for me, the 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 strangest book series and movie series that came out for teens, young teens, was the Hun- Hunger Games. Oh, I was yeah. like, like, all right, we're gonna have kids killing each other, and this is going to we want to you know we want to ha- have this, we want to watch this, we want make this a competition about kids being you know in in this kind of arena. Mm. And like almost like a new uh, new gladiator thing. I think that you know maybe maybe is comparative to the gladiator games in the the first few centuries, where Roman culture just got so desensitized it had to be continued to to ramp it up. Now we're going to bring lions in, and now we're going to you know stick light light Christians on fire, Tyra, and light them on fire as our as our torches uh, to the games. Um. The Roman yeah. Empire did not last so long after that. Right. Is are that we, are we going downhill here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is a, a lack of concern for human life. Uh yeah, I think there are some things that and then I, I think just the overwhelming sense of, of hopelessness, you know, mm-hmm. in in our leaders, in our future, that that is that's I think that's why these movies are so popular. We're People are trying to deal with these feelings by by going to these movies and and uh, and seeing them from a distance, and it's a way of kind of oh, dealing interesting. with. Yeah, I, I even read that somewhere. Here's a here's a interesting thought. Like, so, I mean, how do you think people would respond if the next election cycle is you get like a new kind of young candidate who's like, we need to like, we have hope. We can change. We can do this. Do you think that would actually resonate with people, or do you think people would be like, "Yeah, no, we don't Didn't really care." Barack Obama. I mean, he's not super young, but that was kind of his platform that he ran on, right? Yeah. Hope. But I'm 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 asking, like, is are when are we going to reach that point where it's like the person's going to come and say this system is broken, people are not being cared about, all this, and and we're just going to roll our eyes. You know. Well, I think we do, and. I, I don't I am you think that's already kind of happening? well yeah because I, I know for me I'm hesitant to trust really anybody making any type of True. campaign promises True. because I feel like you can say anything you want when you're running and then by the time you actually get in elected and you get embedded into the culture and the position you really find out that you are your hands are tied and you really can't do even if you if you really felt like you wanted to do these things and uh, when you're campaigning you really can't do it end up Mm -hmm. doing them because you're so embedded in the existing you know institution by the time you get elected and that's that's too bad so i don't really i guess i don't i i hope and i've said this before i hope that our 
our politicians and things want to do the right thing and but um there's so much other stuff going on that they can't always do what they intended to do you know i think that's where the christian church can come in uh because it's the the, the place that we say we're we're the heroes of our faith paul and peter they they left they, they put all of their stories of their failure in the Bible, and they didn't ask them to be edited out. I think that's one of the remarkable things about the Gospel of Mark. Mark was a disciple of Peter, and he could have, Peter could have told Mark, when you write that story, don't, you know, don't write about me, um, you know, (laughs) not, you know, denying Jesus three times, and don't, you know, there's a lot of embarrassing stuff in there that I've done, don't write about that, and and he didn't. You know, Mark wrote all those embarrassing stories about Peter, and then same thing with Paul, you know, all these things. And then even after Paul's conversion, he says, you know, the good I want to do, that's not what I do. And I think one of the the hardest things going on in culture right now is there's no room for somebody to actually be open and honest about their failures. Yes, agreed, because then they are pounced on. Yeah, and so then there's no hope. Yes. There's no hope for transformation. There's no hope for for change. There's no pressure to be perfect all the time. Right. But you're never going to be, and so when you do find out that this person is a sinner and saint at the same time, oh, now it's everything's over. But if you, if we could just uh, be honest about all of our own struggles and vulnerable, yeah, there's like no room to be vulnerable about it, right? Otherwise, you're going to get your failures. Yes, yeah. but you you almost can't. I think, especially in politics, you know, if one side yeah. says. Well, you know, we could have maybe done better here. Oh, see, see, right. you know, and and that's too bad. Yeah, that's really too bad. And it seems like we really appreciate and we hold high people who own their struggles, but not people who own their failures. Right. Oh. If you say this is hard for me, we say we're here oh, for bravo, you. But yeah. you say I messed up. We're like, how can I fix done. this? You're yeah. out. Right. Yeah. You know? And you're exploited. Your failure is exploited. That's why I love what Paul says. You know, he says. Um, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Um, I'm the worst of sinners. And for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the chief of sinners, uh, God might show uh, his unlimited patience for those who believe in him. And so that's such a beautiful thing that he says, I'm an example of God's mercy, not of, not of my greatness or not of, not, not that I've done everything perfectly. And I think that's actually a sign of, uh, yeah, of, of a lack of hope because we're all wondering, you know, when, when are people going to find out who I really am? Cause there's no room to actually be honest about mm-hmm. your, not just your struggles, like, like you said, your failures. I like that from, from, so from, if you're in the hero on a mission course, or if you are familiar with the book, nice plug, yep. <laughs> check us out on YouTube. Um, <laughs> one of the, one of the characteristics of a hero is not that he overcomes challenges that he helps others, but that he does own his own failures mm-hmm. and that, and that he is honest about who he was. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that's hard for me. I don't know. I feel like that's probably hard for everybody, but um, how to, how to do that in a world that will, that will not let you do that almost. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. that's a way to just, that's a way to be different right there mm-hmm. is, is, what's up with them they're honest about their failures and they're not even trying to say it like they right you throw the bone like the the little small failure right just to say that you're not perfect so you seem more humble but actually be <laughs> like no like i have a big mess up mm-hmm. and yeah i did that 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm still going on and, and I'm still living in the grace of God. Yeah. I love that song that we sing, um, His Mercy is More. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's a good one. Just because, you know, our, our sins there are many, but His mercy is more. Mm-hmm. So to be able to live in that. And, and I think that's what we need to continue to preach as a church is to remind people of the incredible mercy of God because that's the only way for real transformation. Another article that was on the Mockingbird podcast was just saying that how sometimes the sign of the cross can come across as the bat symbol. You know, the bat symbol is one of the invokes fear, but it's supposed to invoke hope. And mm-hmm. sometimes the, the cross outside of a building, instead of invoking peace and hope, uh, can invoke fear. So to, mm-hmm. to continue to preach the gospel so people will see Christianity for what it really offers, a sign mm-hmm. of hope and, and, uh, and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very interesting. How, yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about sort of repairing the Christian image before, but um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we hope to do on this podcast is maybe debunk some things and yeah. mm-hmm. try to give people a better view of Christianity and yep. better understanding. And I think just to kind of bring it full circle, I, I think that's why it's so important to see these kind of movies. On one hand, I think it, it shows what, directors and writers do such a good job to kind of tap into what people are struggling with, but they can't get away from transformation. They can't get away from hope. They can't get away from forgiveness. They can't say vengeance is the way to solve all of our problems. And they do it in, I think, just such a great way. And yet, how many of us are actually listening to that message that vengeance is not the way out of our problems? And, And so... I think that's why it's so important for Christians to watch these movies and then to say, see, this is what Christianity is talking about. Vengeance is not the way. You know, we say every week in, our, in the prayer that Jesus taught us to forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You know, God, treat me how I'm treating other people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's scary. It is. Yeah. yeah, it's a scary <laughs> prayer to pray, but it's a reminder that that's the only way out is is forgiving and and uh, and not, not saying you're not going to, uh, you know, put yourself in a, you're, you're, I know you got to be careful not to say like forgive and forget, like, oh man, these people really hurt me. Uh, but getting vengeance, uh, that is not going to solve your problems. It's not going to take the pain away. Um, you might need to separate yourself from a bad situation. Uh, we definitely want to stand up for victims and and give them hope and opportunity to be free and set free. Uh, we want to stop any kind of evil people and perpetrator kind of people. Uh, but vengeance is not the answer. Yeah. Did you want to close with what Matt Reeves said? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, he... Now I'm curious. So we've been. So Matt Reeves is the director, right, mm-hmm. um, of the Batman, and so um, we kind of have his perspective. So after yeah, he was of... interviewed. Oh. Uh, sorry. Right. Bef- before yes. you do that, can I throw one thing in? Yes. Sure. Throw it in. Um, about uh, what you just said about um, as as Christians pointing out, you know, like the, the, the story or the basic, the theme of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just realized something cause I've always kind of disliked that when people have said like, this is a good movie because it says ben- vengeance is bad. Mm. It's like, well, who cares if what, that's what the director says, mm. but a better way to go about it is, is point and say, well, did you agree? Because as a viewer, you would have been upset if the if the message had been the opposite. Mm. You would not have. You would have said, "No, that's not a hero anymore." Right? Right. Right. So it's just a just a 
tactic there is, is is turn it turn it on the viewer a little bit and say like what do you think why did why did that resonate with you Mm. you know like you're a person you're a person made by god that's why that resonated with you Mm, not just because someone else said it you know anyway i'm sorry good no that's good yeah it's good stuff uh finish with with the reeves quote yeah, so he, well, he's, it's an interview that was done in the, in the New York Times, and he was explaining why he wrote the conclusion and the chilling parallels to what's going on in our in our world. And he talks about um, there's a part of you that wants to see somebody get vengeance, mm-hmm. and that's the wish fulfillment of that idea. What was important was to bring the audience along and make them question it. So they'd be like, wait, is that right? Is that what we really should be doing? And so he he really w- wanted to have us ask the question, you know, does vengeance really work, obviously? And then he talks about, you know, the whole story arc was basically, um, yeah, uh, that the form of vengeance, but but not, or, but that vengeance is not enough. Uh, he has to become more. And that's the message of the whole movie, he says. Uh, I wanted him to go from somebody who's projecting vengeance to someone who's letting people know that somewhere in all this darkness, there's hope. And that's the arc. So maybe it was less about Batman's struggle with vengeance. Maybe it was making the, the, the viewer feel like like uh, having a struggle about it or ha- really thinking about it. Mm. No? <laughs> hey, I'm pulling for the movie, man. I don't know. Uh, so for the record, I, I yeah, actually no, I've just been thinking about it. So I can't say if I like the movie or not. I I just again I think that the intent there is great and I don't think it was a complete fail. I'm not trying to say like they completely flopped. I'm just saying at no point when Batman was beating up bad guys did I think uh I'm like no nah, beat him up. I see. You know? Now had he pulled a gun and cuz all the bad guys were so bad. Thought, yeah. And okay. and and that part where he saves the one guy from getting kicked off the roof. If he had hit the ground, would we have cared? Would anyone right, in the audience been in like, right. "Oh no, no that guy I died." <laughs> I, I'm glad that though that he's trying to give that idea of hope because there are so many dystopian movies that just kind of end and it's unraveled. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's kind of how the Hunger Games movie ends, and and some of the other dystopian style movies where it's you just kind of end. It's like, all right, well, it still kind of sucks. You know, there was, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and he definitely said, yeah, even in all this corruption, institutional corruption. And even in a bad city like Gotham, it's still worth committing to. You know, I thought that was so good that Batman wanted to commit to this city. He wasn't going to leave with Batwoman. He was going to stay committed, and he still believed that there was hope. Catwoman, but yeah. Cat, Cat what did I say? Batwoman. Batwoman. Oh, yeah. There you go. Catwoman. <laughs> you, made it the, you made it almost the whole time without, without any missing. That's all right. We know what you mean. <laughs> so... So we are we going to go watch it again now with our Probably, renewed perspective? Yeah. Well, thanks for ruining it. I thought it was a pretty good movie until Matt. You don't have to agree with me. I'm just kidding. No, I think you're right. No, I, and points. I, I thought, I thought overall it was, it was, it was fun and it was a cool. I don't know. I was the stylistic choices. I was totally on board. Yeah, with. like I the visuals, so cool. the the gunfight. You so know, cool. like in the hall where all you could see was like. Yeah. The light coming from the guns, like mm-hmm. part of part of it is if Annie says that she liked it, I just can't let her have things like that. So I just have to. You, know. you vengeance. <laughs> Get vengeance. Great job, guys. If you'd like to get a hold of us here at the Climbing Sycamores podcast, feel free to email bsadler at victoryofthelamb.com. 
B-S-A-D-L-E-R at victoryofthelamb.com. If you like today's intro music, it's been brought to you by Andrew Lynch's song, My Name, Hello. Hello.